What do you do when you lose your confidence at the exact moment you need it most? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today's one of those episodes where I am super glad my husband does not listen to my show. I did an episode a while ago that is still one of my favorites called Look for the Green Lights. Um, You can scroll back in your iTunes um, or podcast app to find that. Episode. Um, but this weekend was another one of those um, weekends where, as he was talking and as we were talking, I'm like, oh, this is going to be my next podcast episode. I think that's what he gets when he marries a social scientist and a social worker. But in any case, I wanted to talk to you about the idea of confidence. One of the things when I was a therapist back in the day, A lot of the things people would come to me with, would they say to me, they have low self-esteem, they don't feel good about themselves, the inner critic is in their head all the time, um, and they can't shut it up. And I would say to people, you can't get confident, and I can't help you find your self-esteem just sitting here and talking about it. We can correct every thinking error that comes to mind at any moment in time, but until you start doing something different in your behavior as a response to those negative critical thoughts, you're not going to be changing your story about yourself. That we change our stories about ourselves when we tune in to our behavior and we choose new actions, no matter what we're thinking or feeling. So that's the overarching converse, you know, sort of frame that I offer when I talk to people around confidence and self-esteem. And this weekend, my husband has not slept all week. I think he, it's, um, It's Tuesday now, and I don't think he slept a full night of of sleep since last Tuesday. So I think he's had some sleepless nights for seven nights now. And what's happening for him is he just finished his fellowship training for um, medical training. He's a rehab doctor, so he specializes um, in working with people who have spinal cord injuries. And he, this past October finished his fellowship and now he started his first attending position um, as a spinal cord medicine doctor. And what I'm learning as I watch him through this transition is that he's doubting himself way more than I've ever seen him do in his medical training. Part of it is understandable. A lot of it is understandable. The level of care and the critical sort of illness that his clients are coming to him with are certainly more significant than he's seen in his other rehab trainings and his other rehab sites that he worked at. But that another part of it is what happens when you're suddenly the boss and you're not an employee anymore? That's the crisis of confidence a lot of people have when they're running their businesses. And I think that's the crisis of confidence he's been having because he got critically ill clients and he's now the person in charge. His name is top on the list. There's nobody signing off his notes for him. There's nobody taking responsibility for him. And now suddenly he's feeling the weight of that and he's the one holding the ball. He's got critically ill clients and he He feels a lack of confidence in his ability to manage it. And I get it. On a lot of levels, I, you know, I, it makes sense in theory, but what doesn't make sense is the evidence does not support his anxiety or fear. 
Not at all. He's worried about making a bad mistake. He's worried that his attending, uh, his supervisor is going to ask something of him that he's not going to know how to do. And he starts to perseverate and he starts to worry and worry and worry. And suddenly he's creating a story where he's incapable. When in actuality, if you read the recommendations this man got for his attending positions, for his fellowship interviews, for his residency interviews, Everyone who works with him thinks he's stellar. He's consistently gotten high marks in customer care. He's consistently gotten really good reviews and attention to detail, good work product, good efficient decision making, and every collateral support person, nurses, physical therapists, occupational therapists consistently adore him to the point when he was moving from Boston, they they didn't have a position for him and Boston tried to create one for him just so that he wouldn't leave. He's just that good and I'm super proud of him and of course I'm bragging a little bit but there's tons and tons of people who think he's capable and in a moment of crisis he's lost his own vision and his own version of himself. He hasn't been sleeping, he's tossing and turning, and we start talking about it, and he starts listing off all of the fears, all of the worries, everything that he thinks could get in the way of his success. And we've all been there, right? No matter how good or no matter how strong we are in our jobs, we're going to have these moments where we think at any moment someone's going to come out of the shadows and say fraud. Any moment someone's going to call us out and say, imposter. And we live in the fear of not being good enough, of not meeting expectations, of not showing up in the way that we're called to show up. And the reality is, is, you know, my husband married a therapist. He could have had me sitting and talking and sitting and talking and processing till the cows came home. I'm really good at it. You guys listen to my daily podcast. You know how good at it I am. But talking about it doesn't solve it. And here's the hack. One of the things that's been so freaking badass in the past two weeks is that the house we moved into had thick, thick carpet. And we had to pull it up. You guys got to hear about that last Monday, I think I told the story. So we pulled up the carpet in one hallway last weekend. And just this past weekend, we pulled up the carpet in the living room and the dining room. And when I tell you that my spinal cord injured husband got out of his wheelchair onto his tush and pulled up every single tack board, nail board. He was a freaking beast in our dining room. And he practically pulled up the entire carpet by himself. I I helped with cutting it down and rolling things out and moving it old carpet to the garage. But on his butt and with his hands, he took care of it. I was so impressed. I was so inspired. And I was so moved by it. He did it for two weeks in a row. His back was hurting. His hands were hurting. His shoulders were hurting. He was in pain. And then in pain from all of that work, I'm sitting in front of this poor anxious man who thinks he could possibly kill a patient any day. There's the two different versions of himself. 
at any point in time, when we lose confidence in one area of our lives, we are free to borrow it from another area. We're free to take a skill set in a completely unrelated area and use it to build our own confidence, to use it to build our own story of ourselves. So instead of sitting and processing it to death, I told him, look at you. Look at what you're capable of. You have spent two full weekends making your own home accessible for you. You are doing hard labor from a freaking wheelchair. What makes you think you can't solve a problem you might encounter at work when there's computers, when there's other doctors you can bounce ideas off of, when there's other nurses you can talk to and PT you can consult with, and not to mention your personal friends who did your residency and fellowship with you, who were also in rehab medicine, who you also still stay in contact with. You have an army of resources who will have your back if you don't know. And you're already your own army of one. And I took him in his chair and I encouraged him to wheel around. And I just said, look at what you've done. Look at what you're capable of. When you decide something needs to happen, you freaking made it happen. No obstacles, no nothing getting in your way. You just freaking did it. And that's what you're capable of. It doesn't have anything to do with medicine. It doesn't have anything to do with the dying patient that he was handed. But he can use the confidence, his drive, his focus, his motivation, his ability to persevere, his resilience, and he can use that entire skill set, a toolbox of tools filled to the brim, and he can bring that confidence in that area with him. And I encouraged him, the hospital has the, you know, the automatic doors. I encouraged him when I dropped him off from work uh, this week, I said, the doors are going to part, and I just want you to remember the toolbox you're carrying. Beginning, middle, end. It's the quickest hack possible. Use an area where you have a ton of confidence, where you really feel strong in what you're able to do to inform you in other areas when you're doubting yourself and when you're critical. The other thing that I talked to him about was recognizing that we are all going to F it up at some point. He's so afraid of his first mistake, and I get it. But the mistakes he's listing aren't really mistakes. And so what I told him, and I'm going to share this with you too, is I know my really big F-ups. I can tick them off at the top of my head. I can tell you about a 17-year-old who I used tough love with right when I was starting out, and I broke him with one singular sarcastic line. I watched him crumble in front of me when I was trying to use tough love to make a point. I can tell you about a nine-year-old girl in residential treatment who was getting on my last freaking nerve. And I yelled 
at her so loud that a house of three floors stopped in total silence because everybody heard me. And I can tell you about burnout in my therapy job. When a client was sitting in front of me talking about her ex-husband, and I literally said out loud, I cannot effing believe we are still talking about this. Moments where I just lost it and showed up as my most unprofessional self. The biggest F-ups. I can tell you about them and I can list them off. And I can also tell you the lessons I've learned from them. Those mistakes, those F-ups, those things we fear that are going to chip away at our confidence, they are going to be guideposts, lamplights, lanterns, guiding our path for how we want to be better, for the directions we want to take. They are going to be so important so significant in our lives that we cannot waste them on stupid crap that isn't really a mistake. Before you start listing off things that you think you're going to get wrong, that are going to be the end of the world, that are going to be life or death, that are really going to mess with your business, you have to do that gut check around, is this really a mistake because mistakes are going to matter. Mistakes have meaning and you cannot waste them. Those are the types of hacks you can apply to whatever situation you're sitting in front of. However, you're feeling lost, insecure, unsure. You can take an area where you know you can positively nail it and use that strength and use that confidence to get to the other side. And when you're perseverating on all the things that could go wrong, I want you to ask yourself, is this worth it or am I wasting it? Because there's a powerful lesson in mistakes and I don't want to miss out by counting on the stupid crap. So there you have it. Two quick hacks for when you're losing your confidence. Definitely let me know what you think. Tell me how you're struggling. What's on your mind? Feedback about the show would be great. If you're getting value from this, the best way to show me, the best way to thank me is to head over to iTunes or to your podcast app to please leave me a review. Let other people know about the show. And if you have a question that you'd like my two cents on, you can find me over at Heather at choose to have it all.com. Thanks so much for joining me today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.